Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, what a day. The New York Jets have a quarterback that I think the fan base can believe in, and they've got a general manager that values protecting him. Bob Lashusen, in for Greedy on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. We'll get your calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I've been the Jet play-by-play guy for 20 years. I have also been around the Jets since 1996. I have to go back to Bill Parcells. I think the last time that I could say both of those sentences about the Jets at the same time. Have a quarterback you can believe in and a general manager that wants to do everything he can to protect that quarterback at the same time. Maybe Mike Tannenbaum, when the Jets went out and they made DeBrickashaw Ferguson and uh, Nick Mangold their dual number one picks in the same draft and at the time had Mark Sanchez. So obviously when they draft Mark Sanchez, Jet fan base believed in him, but it's been a long time since the Jets have had both things, a quarterback you felt like you could believe in and an offensive line that starts to come together in front of that quarterback because the general manager values protecting that player. And that's what you saw last night, twofold. They went and got their quarterback. You knew that was coming. But the trade up to go get the best interior offensive lineman, and ultimately, who knows, maybe the best offensive lineman in this draft, I thought was a terrific move. And by the way, that wasn't even the best move that I saw last night in the draft. I thought the best move was accidentally made by the New York Giants. And it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless here on Greeny. Bob Shusen. In for Greeny. We're going to talk to Sal Palantonio coming up in the next segment as he is responsible for ESPN covering the draft, not only for covering the Colts, covering the Steelers, covering the Ravens, but he also, he's a Philly guy, so he has got the Eagles in his backyard and has always been dialed in with the Jets as well. So we'll talk to him about all those teams and everything that Sal Pal took out of the draft last night. Dan Orlovsky will join us in the next hour. But again, the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I thought the move of the night was made by the Giants. The Giants did what Carolina should have done. They realized that quarterbacks were dropping deeper in the draft than people expected them to drop. And they got the teams at the back end of the first round, all of a sudden ringing them up, wanting to move up to get a quarterback. And I would be shocked to find out that when Carolina was on the clock and Justin Fields and Mac Jones were both there, that the Bears didn't call them then. That maybe Washington didn't call them then. And they opt to take a corner. Now, J.C. Horn's a really good player. But to me, what the Giants did was what Carolina should have done. The Giants mortgaged their pick and got a haul to move down nine spots to get a guy at a position that they wanted anyway. Now, whether or not you think Kadarius Toney's going to turn into Devontae Smith, here's what I would say. I actually think it's funny because you read the coverage today in the New York papers or you know, listening to some of the shows this morning. The idea is the Giant fans and the Giants themselves are gritting their teeth because the Eagles screwed them again because the wide receivers are dropping and it looks like they're going to get Devontae Smith. It looks like they might get Jalen Waddle. All of a sudden, Waddle goes off the board. Now, the Eagles jump up ahead of the Giants and take the guy that, quote-unquote, they wanted. And the Giants are angry because they missed out on Devontae Smith. You know what? I think the Eagles saved the Giants from themselves. Because if the Eagles don't do that, if, they, if the Giants get a wide receiver that just drops to 11 and they take a wide receiver at 11, they don't end up making this trade that I think is a much better scenario for them going forward than if they would have just flat-out drafted a wide receiver at 11. 
So maybe this would have been the plan all along. Maybe they were going to trade down. It's not something Dave Gettleman has ever done. But if it turns out that the Eagles changed their plan, I think they backdoored their way into a better plan. Because if you give me the choice between drafting a wide receiver at number 11, and that's all I get. I get that wide receiver and nothing else. Or you give me a choice between getting a wide receiver at number 20 and getting a a trade package that includes next season what will probably end up being at least a top 10, if not a top five, maybe the number one pick in the draft. The Bears are not going to be any good this year. We know the Bears aren't going to be any good this year. So imagine where that pick is going to be next season and if the Bears turn around and start their rookie quarterback, which you know at some point this year they're going to do, he's going to go out there and make his mistakes and they're going to kind of shrug their shoulders and say, you know what, we weren't expecting to be any good this year. Go make your mistakes, Justin Fields. Right, like Kind of like uh, you know, when, when Matthew Stafford was in his first year in Detroit and they lost basically every game under the sun and he threw a bazillion interceptions, it was like nobody really cared. Just go throw the ball all over the place. What difference does it make? We know we're not going to be any good. Go make your mistakes and we'll live with them. To me, that's the same attitude the Bears will probably take this year. They'll do their best to win, but nobody's going to pick them to win especially if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, which it sounds more and more like his hand is going to be forced to stay there. Detroit, I think, got better by getting maybe the best offensive lineman in this draft. Minnesota, I think, is still a solid enough team. I mean, the Bears are the fourth team in that four-horse race in that division, in my opinion, even with Justin Fields. So good on the Bears for making a decisive move to go up and get the guy they know they want to build around. They went and got their quarterback. No one can ever, I think, second-guess a move of a team trading up to go get the guy that they think they can now build their franchise around. But that building process starts now, which means the Giants could end up with Kadarius Toney, obviously a little bit of draft capital in this draft. They could end up with a top-five pick in the draft next year. I would predict, at worst, it's top ten, maybe top five, maybe the number one pick in the draft. If you gave me a choice between a singular wide receiver in this draft or Kadarius Toney and a top five pick in next year's draft, I'm taking Kadarius Toney and a top five pick in next year's draft every day of the week and twice on Sunday. The Giants did a terrific job, I think, trading down and doing exactly what I thought Carolina should do and didn't. Even you could make an argument that Detroit should have done that, although it's hard to argue getting the best offensive lineman a bookend left tackle that you can build your offensive line around. I mean, I'm not going to second-guess a team not trading down and getting an opportunity to take Panay Sewell. But in a wide receiver-rich draft where the Giants were still, I think, getting a legit back-end-of-the-first-round talent, on top of that, they get a top-five pick in next year's draft? I thought the New York locals both did a terrific job last night. I think both teams went into that draft with goals in mind And I think both check the boxes of those goals. That's the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Sal Powell. We'll get your calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Bob Oshusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Bob Wischusen in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. What better day to do a sports talk show than the day after the first round of the draft? (laughs) You've got people that are angry that their teams didn't go out and check every single box under the sun last night, and we've got trades, and we've got quarterbacks flying off the board, and we've got a quarterback just falls into Bill Belichick's lap, and I think two great moves, one to move up and one to move back, were made by the New York locals. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're on hold, stay right there. We will get to you, but I always want to get post-first-round draft thoughts from ESPN NFL reporter Sal Pal, Sal Palantonio, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. You know, Sal Pal, it's, it, I love talking to you after the first round of the draft, but I'm usually used to seeing you standing, you know, at a team facility, getting all the nuggets in the hallways for the people that you know. How hard was it to do your job last night and cover this draft when you're not there? I like seeing you at Florham Park. <laughs> I've, I've been there for all of those picks, yep. those uh, quarterback picks, and I wasn't there yesterday. Uh, it was our second uh, try at the Zoom um, uh, facilities in our in our home offices. It's harder, Bob, because you're not running into people, you're not face to face. It's it's difficult. It's much more difficult. You got to rely on people getting back to you. Uh, you can't be in the face of the PR guy. When, it, when you know when right. is Joe Douglas going to call me? When is Joe Douglas going to call me? So it, it's much more difficult. But you know, um, I, I I covered the Pennington, the Sanchez, the Geno Smith, the Sam Darnold. You remember when uh, we interviewed Sam Darnold one on one after that draft? I think this is the best quarterback that the Jets have taken in a long, long time. I really like Zach Wilson a lot. And they may have gotten the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. Certainly they thought so by moving up. So recap the Jets' night as a whole. And what when you finally got Joe Douglas on the phone last night and talked to him, he must have been a happy man because they seemed to go into this draft with a very clear mission statement. And it seemed like, boy, the way they were chest-bumping after they executed that trade in their war room, they feel like they, they executed their plan. Well, they do, and, you know, they had Elijah Vera Tucker very highly rated, uh, much higher than a lot of other teams. Uh, I think uh, they probably went up too high. They certainly ha- didn't have to go up to 14, in my view. Um, 
you know, I'm going to say I I would have honestly, I would have stayed at 23 and I would have taken Najee Harris ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just think Harris plus Wilson takes an offense that was a nightmare last year and unwatchable, only scoring 15.2 points per game and makes it dangerous because you need a one cut runner. I, I know I understand people say don't take running backs in the first round. But I think Harris and, and Wilson really would have jolted that offense awake very quickly. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't in favor, honestly, of them moving from 23 to 14. I really was not. What if they turn around and take Javante Williams in the second round? Would that be good sure, enough? Could do that. Yeah, could, could do that. But I think Najee Harris is just a, you know, he's tough. He's strong. He breaks tackles. He's got breakaway speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I would have taken him at 23 and, and, and really upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in the process, a team that you're going to have to eventually beat. Now you got to face this guy. I mean, I understand why they did it. Um, I wouldn't have done it, not, yeah. not in my opinion. Well, to play devil's advocate, and, you know, I'll probably come off as Jet Boy here, but I loved it because it, to me it, it took them two years to do it, but it harkens back to DeBrickashaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold. Right, like the crux, the real foundation of when they were good and went to two championship games. The last time that they were a watchable offensive team, they built the foundation behind those two offensive linemen. And to me, it seems like now it took them two drafts to do it, but now they've got their DeBrickashaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold combination. Taking a tackle in the first round last year, taking Vera Tucker this year, you put he and Makai Becton next to each other, and now who knows? They may even take Tevin Jenkins with the second pick in the third in the second round tonight. They. Might have three guys up front. I think this general manager knows this is still a league, no matter with all the fantasy statistics and all the PPR and everything we get into with fantasy football, this is still a league about can Team A block Team B? And if Team A can't block Team B, you're dead. You're Team A? You can't... You can't open holes for that running back if you don't have guys up, up front to block for him. And it's been a long time since the Jets spent this kind of important draft capital on their offensive line. You and I agree totally. It was the lesson from Super Bowl 55. Brady was protected and won. Mahomes was not and lost the game. And you'll see what happened with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. He got beat up and he was gone because he got hurt and he was sacked too much. I totally agree. He's got to rebuild the offensive line. I'm just not sure moving all the way up to 14 was necessary to take that particular player. But you and I are not in a disagreement about yeah. that. I mean, I guess if, I do if, like what Joe Douglas has done overall, for sure, 100%. If Vera Tucker goes like 19th or 20th, somewhere in that range, and you're Joe Douglas, you never forgive yourself for not pulling the trigger and going up and getting your guy. You know, I think that's what you see with anybody that trades up. They identify that guy as their guy, and you know what? We're just willing to give up a little extra to go up and get him um, I'm curious. I mean, nobody knows the Eagles better than you, and nobody knows the Giants better than you because you live in this Northeast football world. The perception is that the Eagles traded up and snaked the wide receiver out from under the Giants <laughs> that they probably wanted in Devontae Smith. But I thought the Giants did a terrific job getting what I think might be a top five pick in the draft next year and getting a wide receiver. So tell me what you think of the Eagles-Giants dynamic. Who won? Who lost? Did they both win there? I think the Giants won. I agree. Moving up to get Devontae Smith was a do-over pick. Last year, the Eagles selected Hurts, Jalen Hurts in the second round, 
That angered Carson Wentz, imploded the team. Thursday night, they were determined to reunite Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts and make their young quarterback happy. They also had a, in my view, uh, a misguided pick last year with Jalen Rieger. Instead of taking Justin Jefferson, who lit up up the world with the Vikings, they took Rieger. So it was a do-over pick to make the quarterback happy and to get a wide receiver who can really play. Problem is, you gave your dreaded division rival an extra third rounder. I mean, I'm sorry. You, you invested a third and a first in Devontae Smith. Uh, so I'm not sure who zoomed who. But once Dave Gettleman was, um, you know, left holding the bag and couldn't get Smith, I thought it was a brilliant move to trade with the Bears. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and, and I didn't even, got a very good wide receiver in the process. And I didn't even bring the Cowboys into the discussion yet. I just talked about the giant eagle dynamic, but you're right. The Cowboys, everyone said they needed to come out of this draft with help on defense. They watched the two big corners go off the board before they had a chance to take either of them. So now you, you can't get Horn. You can't get Sertan. You're left with what? You want to improve your defense. You add a third-round pick, as you said, and still probably get the guy they would have taken to bolster their defense. I mean, I think Micah Parsons is probably the best defensive player left on the board. I, I mean, did, did the Cowboys win as much as the Giants won? Or if you were to rank them one, two, three, is it Giants, Cowboys, Eagles coming last where all this you know, kind of shakes out? Well, here's my problem. I live in Philly. So I can't ever say that the Cowboys <laughs> were number one. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand. I, There's, I, I understand. That's, that can't be in your one, DNA. Come out of my, you know, I like to eat pizza at my local pizza parlor. <laughs> right. And if anybody ever hears this, this is not going to happen. It's just you and but me talking, that, Sal. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I, I think the Giants uh, did very well. I think the Cowboys did very well. I think time will tell whether Devontae Smith, Bob, is he worth a first and a third round pick? I, gosh, I'm not sure about that. I'm just not sure. Sal Powell with us. Sal Palantonio here on the Goodyear Hotline. Bob Shusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. All right, what other notable things out of the – I mean, obviously you are right in the backyard of the Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles, but what else drew your attention from the first round? Eye-opening. Was it, uh, you know, Mac Jones dropping to 15? Was it – the other wide receivers going as high as they did. That was something that jumped out at me. I mean, the Bengals and Dolphins, you've got a quarterback in Cincinnati that's got one good knee, and you've got a quarterback in Miami that's basically spent his whole career at Alabama hurt and now could be an injury-prone quarterback in the NFL as well. Both of those teams passed on an opportunity to take the best offensive linemen to protect their young quarterback, and both took receivers. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I think th- those are good thoughts. I think th- the bottom line is what team was close last year that really helped themselves get to the next level? Let- let's take a look. Uh, you have to say the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is on the clock. And I, I see the Baltimore Ravens as a Final Four team with Buffalo and Kansas City and maybe Indianapolis in the AFC. Okay. So I would, I, I would say of those four teams, may, maybe the Cleveland Browns, maybe the Steelers, but I, I just think, you know, depending on how Carson Wentz plays, the, the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts could be a, a Final Four team. And that's how I look at it. People always ask me who's going to be in the Super Bowl. I look at the Final Four teams. I think Baltimore really helped themselves and needed to get a big-body wide receiver like Rashad Bateman of Minnesota at 27. Yep. And then to help a defense that blitzed the second most in the NFL last year, 
a young pass rusher, Jason Owe, out of Penn State. I thought that was really smart, and it will take that team, I think, uh, give them another step in the right direction to get into a Super Bowl because they picked up the fifth-year option on Lamar Jackson, but they haven't given him a long-term deal. So Lamar Jackson and a whole system around Lamar Jackson is on the clock. Same with the Colts. Colts had 11 wins. Now they get a really good, tough, ferocious pass rusher, Quiddy Pay, out of Michigan. And um, I, I think that allowed them to take the next step, perhaps, to really challenge the Chiefs in the AFC in this particular year, in this particular season. So I think I look at those two and I say, okay, those two teams really took the next step. But you have a lot of teams that are just, you know, wading through the muck and, and not really making much progress. Um, so I, I would say, you know, you look at Jalen Waddell, picked too high by Miami. Um, you know, uh, J.C. Horn, I thought, picked too high uh, by Carolina. I, I think they should have gone quarterback there. I would have taken Justin Fields there. Uh, so um, there were some, some surprising moves for me, Bob. Well, my thought with J.C. Horn going to Carolina, and I said this right at the start, I think Carolina failed to do what the Giants did. I think Carolina should have done what the Giants did. Because to me, if you're Chicago, I can't imagine. I will never know. I'm sure it's not like Carolina's going to sit there and say, yeah, we got this awesome offer for number eight, but we bypassed it. You know, I mean, they're going to they're say, hey, J.C. Horn was our guy all along, and that's it. So, but I can't imagine the moment that, you know, the, the first seven picks happened the way that they did and Fields was still on the board, the Carolina's phone didn't ring and that Chicago didn't make that call to them and say, hey, what's it going to take for us to come up to you to get Justin Fields? Carolina could have drafted, say, in the, you know, the, the late teens or what was it, the 20th pick, I guess, is where Chicago was, and they could have had a top five pick in next year's draft too, I think, if they would have made the move that the Giants did. I thought, I thought the Giants did what Carolina should have done. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to inject Bill Belichick with a little truth serum and say, Bill, did you want Fields or did you want Jones? Right? right. right? Yeah. Because it That's it, a good one because too. it certainly looks like it certainly looks like what? That the Chicago Bears thought they had to move ahead of New England at fifteen to get Fields. Because you know the Cowboys are not taking a quarterback. At 12, you know, the Chargers are not taking a quarterback at 13. You know, the Jets are not taking a quarterback at 14. Uh, So that's the thing to me. You're right. Um, If they had gone all the way up to eight uh, and picked the quarterback there, then that would have been really a smart move by Carolina. Sal, love talking draft with you. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. I'll be watching later on tonight when we do this whole thing again and uh, start picking players again. Thanks. Okay, Bob. Thanks. That is Sal Pal. Sal Palantonio. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tuck yourself in with host Nate Burleson, guest Justin Fields, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, and the new Progressive YouTube series, Up All Night. The conversation is honest. Beds are small. The snuggle is real. Watch every episode of Up All Night exclusively on YouTube.com. Slash progressive. We'll get to the telephones at triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven two nine, three seven seven six in about thirty seconds, but in celebration of moms that run the world, the Mother's Day. Thank her in a big way with a beautiful bouquet of tulips from one eight hundred flowers dot com for Mother's Day. Right now, at one eight hundred flowers, you can get thirty assorted tulips for thirty dollars with a bright mix of orange, yellow, and pink blooms. 
These tulips are guaranteed to show mom she's loved and appreciated. To order 30 assorted tulips for $30, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code GREENY. Hurry, this offer ends today. Bob Oshusen in for GREENY on ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus. We will hit the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Again, coming up in the next hour, Dan Orlovsky, but Matt from Philly kicks us off here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Matt? Bob, big fan, and quickly before I get into the call, you know what makes my mother happy more than tulips on Mother's Day is seeing her son happy when a Jets quarterback is not pressured. And last night was a huge success. I'm happy. My mother's happy. Wow. I am pumped. Who knows? They might take Tevin Jenkins with the second pick tonight. You could be even happier. Bob, I watched the last. After we selected a 14, that was the one name on my mind. Tevin Jenkins, 6'6 out of Oklahoma State. My goodness, is he a beast. I have been advocating for this for years on the Jets fifth quarter show. I don't know if you're able to hear the callers, but I get red in the face advocating for drafting O-line the first two rounds. And I want Tevin Jenkins bad. I mean, let's build this Wilson wall. I know Douglas might want to trade back and get more third-round picks because we, we lost some when we moved up, but I feel like this is a no-brainer. Tevin Jenkins would solidify our line. We, the transition at the last three years from the Spencer Longs and the you – know, uh, the I can't even remember these guys' names, but this would be huge for us. I know it's not the sexy pick. But, man, would that make me happy and a lot of Jet fans happy to see Wilson well, have a look, wall back there. For a, for a general manager that traded two third-round picks to move up last night to take an interior offensive lineman, this general manager doesn't care about being sexy. He cares about his quarterback not running for his life. And basically, we watched Sam Darnold the last three years run for his life, and now he shouldn't have to run for his life behind a much better offensive line. By the way, if you miss any part of the show, you miss the Sal Pal interview or Dan Orlovsky in the next hour, you can always find both hours of the show posted as a daily podcast available wherever you listen to your podcast. And by the way, why do you listen to this show? You want to know what's going to happen in the draft. Greeny and I got a conversation yesterday about we, what we thought might happen in the first round last night with the Jets. Here's what we had to say. I mean, you accumulate these draft choices so that, A, you can get, hopefully, as many good players as you can to bolster your roster. But, B, if you see a guy that you have 10th on your board, you're sitting at 23rd, that guy is still there at 16, 17, 18. You're absolutely looking to move up to go get a guy that you think is a value pick. I saw one mock draft today. Someone has the Jets trading up to get um, Elijah Vera Tucker. So if, if indeed it is that offensive lineman that everybody loves that they identify and go up and get, personally, Bob, I think that would be a great move. Uh, that would be the name that, you know, of, of all of the names, that would absolutely be the one top of mind for me, that if he drops down to where they think they've got the ammunition to go up and get him, yeah. I mean, their their general manager is an offensive lineman, and he knows you ha- he drafted an offensive lineman in the first round last year for a reason. You can't bring Zach Wilson here and have him running for his life the way Sam Darnold did for three years. It's just that defeats the purpose of starting over a quarterback. See, that's why you listen to this show. That's what we said yesterday. And what happened last night? The Jets saw Elijah Vera Tucker there. They had the ammunition to go get him, and they went up and got him. Another thing I told Greeny yesterday, and again, this was told to me by someone who would know, is that, look, the Jets had 22 draft choices last year or this year and next year combined. And they basically said, look, we're not going to take 22 players, right? That's half of a football team. 
So you're going to identify difference makers. You don't accumulate 22 draft choices because you think you're going to take 22 guys. You accumulate 22 draft choices so you can target the guys you want and have the ammunition if you need to use those draft choices to go get the guy you want. What did they do last night? They identified the guy that they wanted, and it was exactly the guy we talked about yesterday, and they went up and got him. And that's why you have those picks and that's why you listen to this show. Uh, by the way, later on tonight when you're watching the NFL Draft, aerial coverage over Cleveland will be provided by Goodyear. The start of a new drive. Goodyear, more driven. Let's head to, I think it's Ian in San Diego or South Dakota. I'm not sure which. Ian, where are you in the world? South Dakota. There you go. I saw SD, and I, I figured it had to be one of the other. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> oh, not much, Bob. I was wondering, is it the new trend now that we re- reunite our – our old quarterback and our wide receiver. Yeah. It sure seemed like it last night. I mean, it's never been that before, but it certainly seemed to be that this year. Yes. Cincinnati did it. Miami did it. Um, You know, uh, uh, the Eagles did it. I'm not sure. And I've never really seen that as like a priority before. To me, it's always been about really good quarterback, really good receiver. Let's put them together. And they don't have to have a prior relationship, but you're right. That was the trend last night. It was a weird trend, too. I appreciate the call. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Let's talk to Muhammad, who is on Long Island. He's up next on ESPN radio. Hey, Muhammad. How you doing, man? Thanks for taking my call. I, was just, I just had a few things. I wanted to, in response to what Sal said about the Jets probably taking Najee Harris, it seems like every year or every other year, there's what seems to be a generational talent running back coming out. So it's no rush to grab a running back with these great picks that we have. Secondly, I've been a Jet fan for about 20 years now, and in this most, in this draft, I can I really feel like the general manager in the country were aggressive and confident, and that's a plan that as a Jet fan we have a lot of bad recent of history. So that's a, I feel like this is a plan that I could get behind with their confidence and their aggressiveness. I feel like there's a plan there, and they're executing it today. Yeah, Muhammad. Over the last 20 years, if you've watched the Jets, the only time over the last 15 years or so that you're sitting there going, that's a really, really strong, good football team, was when they spent two first-round picks the same draft to build an offensive line. And they built from that out on their offense and were able in the first two years of Mark Sanchez being the ultimate game manager to get to -to back-to-back championship games. Now imagine you have that offensive line and you have a quarterback that blossoms into the next Patrick Mahomes, the next Aaron Rodgers. They think that's the ceiling for Zach Wilson. So Mark Sanchez was never going to be that, and they still got to -to back-to-back championship games behind that offensive line with that running game and a really good defense. Now they're thinking, what if we had that offensive line and we're able to pair that with a real franchise difference maker at quarterback, a guy that's a 15-year starter, a guy that we think has the ceiling to be a star, that's what they think Zach Wilson is. And now they've got their guy, and they're going to make sure they protect him. More of your calls coming up at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And it is time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good. Cutting your wireless bill in half, though, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning good. Well, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. And with straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. 
Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? It's Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Bob Wischusen, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We'll come right back, get more of your telephone calls, and in the next hour we'll talk to Dan Orlovsky as well on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Bob Wischusen for Greeny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus, the ESPN app on your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. And by the way, the 2021 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Second and third round coverage begins tonight at 6 Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. I'm just so happy to be here talking draft. I'm just happy to be here talking sports. Like 40 minutes before this show started, I get a call from my wife that water is pouring out of our kitchen ceiling. How we doing? Right? Here I am at work. I'm sitting at the South Street Seaport getting ready to do a radio show. And she's up in the bathroom under the sink frantically trying to turn off water into a leaky pipe because water is pouring out of our kitchen ceiling. So just so you know, that's what's waiting for me when I go home. A kitchen covered in towels, puddles of water, and a nearly collapsed ceiling. So I've got an hour and 13 more minutes to talk about football before I have to go home and face that reality. And oh, by the way, we have five children. Four of them have yet to go to college. So I'm going to do a lot of these shows. That, that's another like, window into my life. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. My poor wife. <laughs> She's crawling around the kitchen right now trying to mop up water. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's talk to Phil in the Bronx. He joins us next here on ESPN Radio. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny. What's up, Phil? Bob, I have a few names I wanted to throw out for you. I want to know what you think the Jets will do, what you would do at 34. You have receivers like Terrence Marshall, Eliza Moore. You got Ousu Koromoa. You got the offensive line, Dickerson and Jenkins. What do you think the Jets are going to do? Because I think they're going to go edge rusher. That's what I want them to do with Aziz Ojolari. What do you think? That is a very strong possibility. I think Ojolari and Tevin Jenkins, if they stay put at 34, are going to be right there as a huge part of their discussion. I tend to think they won't go receiver. 
even though they don't have a third-round pick. Here, here's the thing about the Jets making that trade that's a little unsettling. Look, they had the conviction. They went up. They got their guy. I think they did the right thing. But after they make the 34th pick tonight, if they don't make another trade, they're done, right? And they don't have another pick tonight. They have to wait until tomorrow in the fourth round. To, so they have to really read the receiver board if they want one. Now, here is what I do think is possible about still getting a good receiver even in the fourth round. There are so many receivers already in the NFL that are top-notch. Last year's draft put so many more into the NFL that are top-notch, and there are so many receivers in this draft, they may get a borderline second-round receiver talent in the fourth round if they're patient enough to wait. So I like Tevin Jenkins. I like Aziz Ojolari. I like both of those names. I think those will both be a big part of the discussion. Javante Williams, running back from North Carolina, is a name I've heard bandied about as well. Those guys are all on the board. I think they'll all be in the discussion. If, I, if it were me making the choice, I would keep on banging away at the offensive line and take Tevin Jenkins. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's talk to Bryce in Tennessee. He joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Bryce. Hey, Bob. Um, if I'm the Denver Broncos and George Patton, I'm calling the Green Bay Packers every hour on the hour to figure out how to get Aaron Rodgers in Denver. Um, I think the Broncos taking Sertan yesterday really solidified their defense. And with Rodgers in an offense that can actually, you know, throw the ball with the weapons that they have, I think the Broncos could be really dangerous, yep. um, especially with Mike Munchak running that offensive line now. So just wanted to get your thoughts on that, but uh, appreciate the call. I-, I agree. Thanks for the call. When they talked Sertan, I thought that meant that they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. I-, I mean, I can't imagine they're thinking their best-case scenario is going into next year and letting Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater you know, fight it out in training camp. And with Justin Fields and Mac Jones both on the board at nine, and they didn't take either of them, only to then see you know, the, the Bears trade up and Mac Jones go 15th to the, to the Patriots. I mean, two of the top five quarterbacks were on the board at nine, and they took a corner. To me, that means they're in their room going, hey, we still think we can get Aaron Rodgers. Let's take Sertan, let's solidify our defense, and let's do what we now have to do to go out there and take a swing at it with the MVP who's got way more in the tank than Peyton Manning had when they went out and won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's talk to Dominic in South Carolina. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Dominic. Hey, how's it going? Um, so earlier today I heard about – or sorry, I heard uh, Kyle San Antonio talk about how Carolina should have picked up Justin Fields as opposed to J.C. Horn. A uh, couple of points on that. Number one, last year the Panthers were shredded on defense on third down uh, when it came to that secondary. You know, receivers were able to run amok in that secondary. So I feel like J.C. Horn's pickup is a very solid pickup for, for the Carolina Panthers. He's a day-one starter. Um, number two, we didn't really need a quarterback this year. Sam Darnold is an excellent quarterback. He was just running for his life last year. You're pairing him with Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore. What we really need to do is shore up that offensive line as well as uh, make sure Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and get a tight end. That yeah, I, I didn't disagree tough. with the J.C. Horn pick because I don't like J.C. Horn. I agree with you. And there's nothing wrong with taking arguably the number one corner in any draft, and they got the guy that they think is the number one corner. They had a choice between Horn and Sertan. They took Horn. So they are telling you, we think we've got the top guy, the top-rated guy on our board. I didn't think they should take Justin Fields either. I agree. 
I think it makes no sense to trade up to get Sam Darnold, give up all the capital they gave up to get Sam Darnold, and then spend the eighth pick on the same position. I mean, help your football team with the eighth pick. What I would have done, because they got Sam Darnold, was go to Washington, go to Chicago, and say to those two teams, you've got Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Justin Fields on the board. Mac Jones on the board. Let's go, boys. What do you want to give up to get him? And open up an auction for the eighth pick. Put that on the block and see if you could do what the Giants did at 11, which is spin the eighth pick for whatever, the 20th pick, and maybe a top five pick in next year's draft. So I thought the Giants did what Carolina should have done. But to me, the problem wasn't that they drafted J.C. Horn. I agree with you. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. More calls coming up after the top of the hour timeout. And Dan Orlovsky joins us in the next hour as well. We'll keep talking draft with you on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.